Welcome one and all to Last Stop Penn Station podcast featuring Carrie Silken and Ian Riccoboni. They dive deep into Carrie's wealth of stories and no subject is off limits. From the world of wrestling to his ticket agency, growing up in New Jersey, drug-fueled underground days, hustling in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and endless days and nights in New York City, every story is worth telling. Welcome to another fabulous edition of Last Stop Penn Station. I'm Ian Riccoboni, and I'm joined by our guest of honor, Carrie Selke. Carrie, if you are listening to this on the Friday it comes out, it is Final Battle 2020, Ring of Honor's biggest event. Yes, um, and I'm chomping at the bit. I'm clawing at you. <laughs> I want to know. I want. I, I don't want to know the yeah. results because I want to watch it, and I don't know the results. But you do. I how, do. How was the show? It was great. Um, I would say that the the world title match was one of the most brutal, hard hitting championship matches I've ever seen. So if, if you're going to order the event, um, the world championship title, the world title main event, Brody King Roosh is worth the nine ninety nine on Honor Club. That's all it costs. All Honor Club members get this event. It's $9.99. You get a month of Honor Club. You can catch up on the history with Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, the great legends of Ring of Honor. And you can also watch this great event for the first time, Final Battle. Uh, the main event's worth the price of admission alone, but we also see the return of Dragon Lee defending the TV title. Uh, you see uh, Jonathan Gresham, who will try to defend. He had two, double duty, right? He had double duty. And the last time somebody defended two titles was his tag team partner, Jay Lethal, who did it in 2015 in San Antonio, Texas, at All-Star Extravaganza 2015. So Gresham's trying to accomplish a feat that... The only man in the last five years to do was Jay Lethal. Um, it's going to be – it was incredible to call. I can't wait to see the finished product because we had a lot of fun calling it. I I am not going to give the results away. Even though I know that the bookie down the street in Easton is taking action on it, I won't I won't cost him any money at this point. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm probably going to uh, – I want to watch it on my big screen. Yeah. So – I'm not now. This is final battle is available on Honor Club. Right. Once again, the first hour is free. First hour is free for everybody on the pay per view channel, on Fight TV, and on Honor Club. It's on traditional pay per view also. It is, yeah. That's where I might watch it. Wow. So I'm not good at uh, (laughs) the Chromecast and the Apple TV. Yeah. Okay. And I want to watch the whole show on the big screen. But, uh, yeah, so uh, another final battle is in the books, but uh, it's not in the books yet. Not in the books yet, and it's a it's a dandy. There's, I would say, there's a triple windup. That's how confident I am at the three matches at the top, and really top to bottom, the mat, the card is stacked. But you're gonna want to tune in right away. Uh, the match that kicks things off is a four corner survival match. The winner gets a shot at Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee hasn't wrestled since February 29th, so he's got a target on his back. He's a little cold. He's coming in cold. And I think one of the four men, and then you'll hear Caprice and I talk about this, uh, one of the four men, LSG, Tony Depp, and Dak Draper, Josh Woods, has a good shot at knocking him off for the TV title. Well, my appetite is even uh, t- 
I'm tasting final battle because of Monday night's watch party. Right. And getting to see uh, the odd combination of Mark Briscoe and PCO. Right. Um, and they took on. They took on. Well, they took on the bouncers. The, a lot of right. tonnage. It was a lot of tonnage in the ring. And uh, the other match was uh, Josh Woods and Flip Gordon. Which, yeah. Uh, was a shocker. That was a shocker. Flip Gordon has been saying that he has an MMA background. He's a former Montana State amateur champion in high school. Um, he's undefeated, I think, in MMA. Uh, so he's a guy that was really shocked that he wasn't selected for the pure tournament. Goes in against Josh Woods, a guy who's beaten Jay Lethal, who's beaten PJ Black, who's beaten Kenny King in pure matches. And he beats him. And he really asserts himself as the number one challenger, the number one contender for the pure title. So he's going to get his shot against Jonathan Gresham. And uh, he it's been announced that the tag team championship match is kicking off the broadcast. So Flip Gordon not only faces the champion, but he's going to get him after what should be a, a grueling tag team match. So he's going to have Jonathan Gresham maybe on his heels a little bit going into the pure championship match. So we're talking this Friday at... 7 p.m. Eastern? Hour one is 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay. And hour one's available free for everybody. You'll see the four-corner match. You'll see the first ever pure tag team match. And you'll get all the latest updates to the Ring of Honor Final Battle card. Because as we know, uh, Kenny King, who's announced it publicly, he does have COVID-19. Um, EC3, who's announced it publicly, he also has COVID-19. And we had some other wrestlers, Bandito and Flamita, who did not meet the, the protocol uh, for the COVID-19 testing. They will not be appearing. So there's been some replacements and some substitutions. And there's some pretty interesting substitutions. There's some guys that had been in the Ring of Honor bubble, not originally on the card, uh, that were there for that reason, knowing that there might be some changes needed. And these are suitable replacements, Carrie. Well, I want to be surprised, and I'm excited. Um, last time we got together, uh, we spoke about Mama Pretzel. Yes, paid tribute to which, the great Mama Pretzel. Which got some very good feedback, and uh, Mama Pretzel's doing well. Awesome. Our friend Spiro is in touch with her. She's okay. She she was uh, she was happy to be. Uh, you know, I was worried about talking about her. But uh, she's proud of her accompl- uh, her accomplishments in the ticket game. I would be t- a living legend. You, we we didn't really touch on the fact not many female scalpers. Number one, hardly hardly any. And, and you had mentioned that afterwards, especially at a time when when uh, you know there wasn't as much gender equality. No, she uh, she, she had balls of steel yeah. without having balls. You know, and uh, as we said, check out last the last episode. You'll hear all about Mama Pretzel. Uh, she's still in the game uh, when the COVID uh, shut everything down. So uh, looks like we're rounding the corner, though. Yes, yes. Please, if you have been spared by this, please stay inside. Wear a mask. Um, associate with only those that you know are doing the same if you have to. Uh, because the vaccine is here. There's vaccinations occurring in the United States uh, from both companies that have released the vaccine that have been approved by the CDC and the FDA. So I think we're about to round a corner. Thank God our healthcare professionals are getting the vaccine first so that they're able to treat folks that are afflicted with this horrible virus uh, and do so with a little less fear, um, with a little bit more protection. Um, please continue to wear your mask. Uh, our colleagues have been stricken with it. For some, it's been okay. 
um, EC3, in his own words, has described it as, it felt like the flu, it was very uncomfortable, um, it was something distressing to have. For others, we know that Bandito, who we wish the best, uh, Bandito was sidelined. Uh, he could barely exercise, he could barely walk, work out, things like that, for a few months. And this is a healthy young man. This is a man who's 24 years old, uh, one of the, in the premier physiques in Ring of Honor, premier endurance in Ring of Honor, and it sidelined him for a number of weeks, a number of months even. Uh, so we continue to wish him the best as well. But please, we are we are almost around. We are rounding the corner with this vaccine on the way. And uh, yeah, I'll get off my high horse here. But I think we're this is a pivotal moment. And if we can just stay stay safe and continue to. And you're right. Uh, we have to stay safe. And I was going to just say that I'm a little bummed out that our home state of Pennsylvania has this shutdown now with uh, once again, uh, I wasn't going out often, but I was going out to restaurants properly socially distanced, often sitting outside. And uh, now everything's back to uh, takeaway only. Mm -hmm. And it's going to stay that way till uh, after the holidays, I believe January 4th. But I guess it's for the better. Yeah, it, it might save some lives. And we encourage you to support your restaurants. We encourage you to support your your bakers, your things like that, because, uh, you know, those folks are hurting because of this. But there are still options and there are ways to support them uh, by ordering, by taking taking out, going through drive through things like that. It's just a rough time with this holiday season. Yeah. You know, and, and now with this extra shutdown, um, I... Uh, I was going to throw you. Ian's really good at uh, pop culture and odd trivia. Hmm. And I had a name to throw at you okay. during this holiday. Now, back, boy, talk about a, 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 a swerve here. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you told your parents this, or AJ, you told your parent mentioned this to your parents as oddball as a thing. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh yeah." When I was a kid, in the in the late in the '60s, even into the '70s, they had what they would call seasonal seasonal films hmm. that would come out in the theater, like, or you know, it, just you know, just at one of them. <laughs> was was the uh, one of the great cinematic masterpieces called The Christmas That Almost Wasn't. I've never heard of this. And it and it starred the great Rosano Brazzi. Do you know that? Do you <laughs> no, know Rosano? Sounds like we should be related. He's a paisan, right? <laughs> did, did you, have you, you never heard of Rosano no, Brazzi? No, no, no. So, and, and AJ's heard me say this over his name, over the because of that knowing that name. When it gets cold and nasty out, I <laughs> Frizzano Brazzi is back. <laughs> right? so, so, by the way, Frizzano Brazzi, but by the time this podcast comes out, Frizzano Brazzi is going to be crossing the whole East Coast. Yeah, we are bracing and buckling down. Uh, we might not have a choice but to lock down. We're 10 to 14 inches we're supposed to get. So, <laughs> and I'm not talking about show where I'll be there. <laughs> so when, when the ad would come on and he was the name star, you know, you'd think it would be like, ooh, Alan Ladd and Dick Van Dyke. But it's like <laughs> the Christmas that always wasn't. 
Frisano Bratzi as Scrooge, and then, <laughs> and then they would go to the, then they would go, you know, like the clip that was going to make you want to go to the movie, and there was, there was Bratzi, and then he goes, he'd say, a Merry Christmas, I do not think. <laughs> this guy sounds like the original Borat, right? Yeah. Rosano Bratzi as Scrooge. Wow. I just, uh, you know, these, these things pop my. I remember things from 55 years ago, better than five days ago. But um, <laughs> but we want everyone to have a Merry Christmas Absolutely. and not let Frisano Brazzi mess it up. <laughs> Frisano Brazzi, if you if you would have told <laughs> that sounds like oh my goodness. T- t- tomorrow, t- keep it in your back pocket because tomorrow. You know, assuming this forecast is right, which often they are, <laughs> and the snow is coming down, you could say to Sarah, oh, no, here comes Rosano Brazzi. <laughs> and she'll look at me and she'll say, that sounds like one of those wrestling cards you've got in the mail that you know nothing about. Well, it's yeah. it's uh, we're we're. Uh, Folks, uh, if you're a listener of Last Stop Penn Station, you'll certainly want to listen. You know, Ian's got uh, his own YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, why don't you tell our the Last Stop Penn Station fans <laughs> about your new show? Sure. So Carrie and I, we're having a little bit of fun. We've been uh, during the quarantine. We've our, the collecting bug has bit us pretty hard, and we've been working on collecting these uh, vintage wrestling cards. I've been working on the 1955 Parker set, Carrie on the 1954 set, and I fell ass backwards into an entire set. What a score he made. I had one of the greatest eBay steals of all time, and I got the entire 121-card set for a very reasonable price, almost less than the cost of grading each card by itself. And uh, some of the wrestlers in the set, Buddy Rogers, Luthez, Vern Gagne, are names that most wrestling fans, even the newest wrestling fans, know. These are bona fide Hall of Fame A-list stars. There are some, like Tex McKenzie, who ardent wrestling fans would know, really hardcore historians. And there are others that have stumped myself and yourself. They had a cup of coffee. They had a cup of coffee and somehow made it into this beautiful set. So on uh, youtube.com slash Ian Recabani, and we'll, we'll link it to the last time Penn Station, all that fun stuff. You'll probably be able to see it on our social media on Instagram and things like that as well. Uh, we are doing 55 and 5, where I asked Carrie to identify in five minutes or less who the wrestler on the card is. And we've taped a couple of those. We've had some fun. Those will roll out in the next couple of days or weeks. And uh, we're really excited. Basan Creative, AJ, has been helping us with those. And uh, some of the names we've drawn so far, some of them have been gimmies. Well, Ian threw me some softballs. <laughs> in the, uh, the, I'm not going to reveal them, but in the first five, which we uh, we did tonight, I don't think it's a big secret, but we, we did tonight. We did five of them. And uh, he threw me some softballs. But then he came in with a knuckleball. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to leave the name out. But uh, I felt like he, Joe Necro using the, the or sandpaper. Or Jim Bowden. Yeah, or Jim Bowden. Oh, I was using sandpaper oh. on that last one. <laughs> Scuffing the ball up. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, as far as wrestling memorabilia. Oh, yes. Of, let me get this out of the way. Please. You know, and, and if you don't know, you can see Last Up Penn Station on YouTube. And we post teaser clips. And Carrie's posted this piece online. But this is beautiful. Yeah, I somehow... The, the, the Carl von Hess uh, somehow 
someone emailed me, a guy I was buying posters from, and he had a Carl von Hess. He bought out the Carl von Hess estate or parts of it. Really? Yes. Wow. And he wanted to know if I was interested in these posters. And I got about seven or eight of them. And uh, here's one that has a lot of... Let me hold it up so the fans can see it. Now, the big thing is it says no TV. And that was important because that indicated, hey, this is not going to be shown on television. You got to be here to see it, right? Because TV was, was booming at the time. Right. It would air on... Uh, Local TV, certainly in New York. Right. So this is telling you right away, you have to go see this live. Right. But there are some other things. First of all, they're <laughs> claiming that it's a million-dollar wrestling match. <laughs> now, what does this mean? Well, yeah. Okay, please. <laughs> uh, we don't know. The other thing was they were so confident that this Antonina Rocca oh, – Anthony, he's not Argentina here. Right. See? It's a two out of three falls, two of finish. Anthony Naraka against Count Carl von Hess. Right. That they were so confident, they didn't even list the other <laughs> matches. They just told you, it's a great supporting card. And well, it tells you right there, to be announced later. Don't worry about it. This is so good. Now, there's some other interesting things about this that... Um, I, didn't, I thought you would have picked up on this right away. Oh, yeah. I picked up on a couple things. It's from this. It's from the place where spaghetti was being <laughs> thrown, according to my father. You know, go back a few uh, episodes of Last Stop Penn Station when I first wanted to go see wrestling live and I would hear the ads. You know, ooh, it's, wrestling's coming to Madison Square Garden. Ooh, wrestling's coming to uh, Patterson. Ooh, wrestling's coming to the Newark Armory. Well, my father's sister was living on the hillside Newark border. So as a 10-year-old, <laughs> that made complete sense yeah. to go to the Newark Armory, which, had, which was in disarray. <laughs> 30, 40 years before that, and uh, in an effort to, well, my father just said, Newark Armory, <laughs> what, are you, what are you crazy? <laughs> and uh, then he also reminded me that when he and Uncle Gunny were allegedly at a boxing event, that he goes, plus, he goes, it's a bad neighborhood, plus the place is too rowdy. I go, oh, why? Because uh, they were throwing plates of spaghetti out of the balcony when they didn't like the decision. So this is great folklore. So yeah, it's it's a Newark Armory card, um, just a classic. Uh, and the one thing that jumps out to me now it says for particulars, phone Mitchell. <laughs> it just wait, it, wait. it just says to call an individual man named Mitchell at a five digit phone number. Was this was this common? It says call Mitchell. Oh, or is it, it is like it, is it Mitchell number two? Is there a second it was Mitchell? Probably M I. Okay. So, it, like, they would say, call Rawway 6 4571. Oh. Oh. It's kind of like probably, an area code. But probably I'm... here would be call uh, uh, Bethlehem, you know, like be the first two letters. Yeah. Bethlehem 7. So, gotcha. yeah, that's the way. Yeah, but. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought see, you were just I didn't asking even for notice Mi that. I thought you were asking now, for Mitchell. <laughs> Boy, talk about minutia. Yeah. I got a feeling that this 207 Market Street, mm -hmm. room one, room 1212, yeah. eventually turned into the 
Remember we said that the uh, WWF had the office oh, in right. the Prudential building? Yes. Maybe that was it. Because be. it was downtown Newark. Yeah. I'll so, uh, yeah, an interesting poster. Um, and by the way, not only was Carl Van Hess Count Carl Van Hess, he was the Persian bully boy, the <laughs> roughest of them all. And Anthony Naraka, amazing barefooted South American. Amazing. And what I like about this poster, you don't see it much on some of the historic ones. There's a collage of Antonina Rocca doing high-flying moves and the Argentinian backbreaker up at the top. And you, you actually get to see Carl von Hesse as well. Uh, wearing the Iron Cross. Right. So, yeah, a really cool a really cool piece of memorabilia. Um, hopefully uh, some of our listeners, well, I know some of our listeners enjoy this stuff. Real quick. We were, I, well, I just hope he whooped his ass that Nazi. Oh, yeah. I'd be Rocca. interested. To, you know what? I want to look up not only the results, but what the rest of the card. Right. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something, right? Last time uh, we got together, we wound up talking about some of the things that uh, I've been watching and you've been watching and uh, some books that I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that Ronald Reagan, you got to see this. Uh, yeah. AJ and I have been following it. We're up to the fourth episode. It's on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely fascinating. Uh, if you're a, any kind of history buff or you want to learn, you know, even prior to me seeing this, uh, if, you, David, if you'd have asked me about Reagan, I'd have been like, well, he was OK. I knew that he was involved in some 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 shady stuff with yeah. the Contras and right. Oliver North. Ollie North and, yeah. But um, the things we're learning from this is really incredible. Mm. And uh, he was cool under enemy fire, to say the least. And uh, really good show. It, I think there's another uh, three or four more episodes. It's on Showtime. I have to give it a plug. And uh, I finished that Graham Nash book. Oh, how was it? Was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, and we mentioned this previously. Besides the body of work with the Hollies, mm-hmm. and then falling in love with the United States, and falling in love with Joni Mitchell. Ah, uh, yeah. And you know, moving to Laurel Canyon, where he met David Crosby and Stephen Stills, mm-hmm. and all the players. And he mentions our good friend Danny Korchmar. Uh, a num- amazing. A number of times. Um, but yeah, I finished that. Um, he, you know, he finally, uh, he's one of the only per- people to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Right. Because they inducted the Hollies, mm-hmm. um, probably in the late 90s. And uh, even though he, and the Hollies were still active, they right. were active straight through. Um, matter of fact, you know the song Long, Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress? Right. Wasn't that after he left? That was yeah. post-Nash. And there's another big hit that I can't remember. Yeah, but, uh, he's my brother. Bingo. Yep. He was in the early ones. Bus mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah, Bus Stop. She said, he said, my way. On a carousel? On, On a, a carousel. carousel. And carry Ann, carry Oh, what a beautiful song. So, yeah. Um, so, great book. And that, so that caused, uh, I through Googling or talking to some friends, I found out about a David Crosby special. Oh. Uh, because he is wide open. Graham Nash is wide open about uh, 
David Crosby's problems, mm. as well as Stephen Stills. Mm. They really didn't get along. And AJ and I, it's on uh, Amazon Prime or one of these services. We saw this David Crosby special the other night, and it was filmed two years ago. And the book was written maybe five or six years ago. So at the time, at the end of the book, he and Crosby had mended their ways. But something happened <laughs> in between. And David Crosby, uh, besides talking about a lot of interesting things of his career, he is not, he was not, you know, they're all alive. Mm -hmm. And he's not in community, am, am I correct, AJ? He's not in communication with any of them. Right? Wow. Yeah. They, there's uh, a schism. There's a schism. In, in CSN. And there's sometimes a complete why. schism. But yeah, uh, yeah that, that was uh, really good. And in other literally, uh, liter literary, uh, I've, I've finished the Buck O'Neill. Oh, which was, which was just wonderful. And now I'm going to throw a name at you, and I hope you know who this is. Please. I'm going to be it, sort of like uh, with the uh, Parker set. Right. Uh, Hunter Thompson. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I went through again. I'm trying to make uh, use of my, my downtime here. Mm -hmm. And um, I revisited, maybe you read it, The Great Fear and Loathing in yes. Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh, which was a movie with mm -hmm. uh, Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp. Yeah. Who was one of his uh, mentors. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the book, is, it's maybe it's because of my age. Uh I read it so long ago and I had forgot. I knew that he was sent to Las Vegas to cover something. It was like a motorcycle race. And he's, it, it, it's just, it's just great. Talk about characters. Right. There's just so many great characters, uh, including, um, he refers to him in, 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 um, Fear and Loathing as my lawyer. And the, it's, it's a real guy, Oscar, Oscar Ocasta, who is this 300-pound Samoan guy. And they come to Las Vegas. It, it's true. They come to Las Vegas with like, like, like no clothes, but, a, but you know, some a, a credit card provided by, uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated, wanting to do this story. <laughs> And just a satchel full of drugs, you know, <laughs> and and what what happens? And uh, really cool stuff. Um, anybody who wants a fun read or listen to an audio book that's going to entertain you, uh, I, I highly recommend it. So from that, it led me to Fear and Loathing at Rolling Stone because Hunter Thompson worked for Rolling Stone magazine oh, wow. over the years. And he, they sent him to cover uh, the thriller in Manila. Wow. They sent him to like uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Carter uh, administration, you know, like to, to cover, you know, the uh, Carter and the primary. Yeah. They sent him to cover Super Bowls. They sent him to cover all kinds of oddball stuff. And uh, he was the great gonzo journalist. So, yeah. uh a shout out to Hunter Thompson. Amazing being, imagine being so good at something that you 
people will, will spare no expense for you to do that thing. Right. They, they the, knew he was nuts. Yeah. They knew he was nuts. And Jan, the little I've heard of the Rolling Stone one, Jan Wormer, is that the mm-hmm. guy's name? Um, you know, he knew about this guy's reputation. His first hit book was Hell's Angels. Right. In 1965 or 66. And um, after Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas came out, that's when he started working for Rolling Stone. And they knew that this guy was crazy, mm-hmm. but they were all crazy back then. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to some more stories. Um, There's a great band I listened to that has a member named Hunter Thompson called White Reaper. Okay. And, uh, great alternative rock band. So I, I think I've sent you a couple of their songs. They're like the Thin Lizzy. Big Thin Lizzy type guitars. You'll have to send me another one yeah. to refresh my memory. There you go. So that's my Hunter Thompson tie, different Hunter Thompson. <laughs> and uh, speaking of podcasts, um, I will be featured on the Ring of Honor ROH Strong hey! podcast. Finally, Final. uh, coming out Monday. Yeah. Uh, We're saving I, the best for best for last. I spoke with Kevin Eck. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a really good uh, conversation. You know, where he, he had some really interesting stories too. Mm. Um, do you know how old he was the first time he went to live wrestling? He was pretty young, I think. He was four or five? Six. Wow, okay. And he's got a great story on there at the Baltimore Civic, sh- schlepping to the Baltimore <laughs> Civic Center. And uh, it, it was some, there, so I spoke with Kevin. Uh, it was good. I also did another couple of podcasts. There's some good guys. You might have, you, you, I don't think you've spoken to these guys yet. They're from England. Uh, it's, their podcast is, uh, it's ringsiders wrestling. Okay. And uh, they're knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And so I get requests often. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to, you know, you do too. Sure. So, so these guys are really good. So I give them a plug. And then I got another request. And I noticed that this guy's got only like, I don't know, 150 followers on Twitter. Sure. But we all have to start somewhere. But he was very polite. Mm-hmm. in reaching out to me and he was from Spain okay so I'm communicating on direct messenger and I'm like fine yeah. let's give it a shot and uh, really nice really nice young man uh, the podcast is called pipe bomb pod okay and uh, so yeah so uh, check those out. Uh, you're right. Everybody needs to start somewhere. Yeah. I, like, felt, I felt bad this year. I had to turn a bunch down. I, my work schedule has been, normally I can sneak them in. You know, I, I well, keep Well, you're them, in high demand. I keep, well, I keep the nine to five and with the two kids now and in previous years, I'd sneak one in at 8 a.m. or sneak one in at 5.30 p.m. But the time with the kids is so, you know, few and far between, even with the quarantine that I, f- I felt horrible. I've had to turn on. A few down this year, including our good friend Mike Johnson. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't squeeze him in. He had, he had a couple times that just didn't work. So thankfully, we got some other Ring of Honor stars on. But Yeah, I'm speaking of interviews and in the podcast vein, but uh, Last Stop Penn Station memoir, which mm-hmm. Mike G has been working on slowly but surely, but we're working on it. We're now into the ROH stuff. Ooh. So, I, you know, you, 
you listen, like, for example, the uh, Graham Nash bio, it's just, it's in first person. Mm -hmm. So he's just telling you stories. Uh, I, the uh, Keith Richards one, it's in first person. Right. So you're, you know, you're taking their word for it. But there's other ones like the David Crosby book, which I haven't fully read, but I've read parts of it where there's quotes from other people. Mm -hmm. So I want Last Stop Penn Station to have a quote. I'm sure at some point we're going to get to you. Okay. And, and, <laughs> sure. And, uh, but anyway, Mike so far has spoken to uh, Jay Lethal. Wow. Okay. Brian Kendricks. Wow. Nigel McGuinness. Mm -hmm. Good old Double B, Bobby Cruz. <laughs> Double B. The Mighty Prince Nana. Mm -hmm. uh, Todd Sinclair. And uh, we have coming up this week, and I'm really, these guys are really gracious to do this. Um, Steve Carino and Adam Pierce. Wow. So we want to, you know, we want to get the, you know, the, the, the feel of what it was like to, to come to Ring of Honor, what their perspective was on ROH. Yeah. Not necessarily, you know, who their greatest opponents were. <laughs> what did they think of when, uh, Certain incidents went down. Uh, what did they think of, you know, when there was a change of uh, behind the scenes uh, management? Mm -hmm. So uh, we're, we're reaching out, uh, trying to get as, as good as possible. That sounds amazing. This really I'm, I'm really proud and excited this is this is happening because I know. When we first started talking, I just moved back to Allentown in 2017. We, we were kicking around the podcast idea, um, but the big goal was to get the book done. And I had just written a book on the Phillies. I was a little burnout on, on writing in the process of writing. I know what an arduous. I don't know how the professional writers do it. These guys that turn out a book every six months or every four months. Um, but I knew that. I knew that there was some fun. There was a lot of great potential there, so I'm really excited to see that this is coming along the way it is. Yeah, it's a it's a different animal than the podcast, mm -hmm. so uh, we're working on it. Um, I, uh, I I don't know where we well we we spoke about Mama Pretzel, which was my early days of uh, ticket hustling in mm -hmm. New York City. You know. We were on, we were sort of on a linear, is that the right word? We sure. were on a linear path <laughs> coming out of New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, before, you know, I was, th there was a section of the book that we just did, which was called Odd Jobs. Mm. And we had talked about the door-to-door uh, -door stuff. We had the canvassing and we talked about the great selling of the, the industrial cleaner right. on the bonus episode. But I had a cup, boy, I'll tell you, there was, you know, uh, to, to try to not be involved with drugs yeah. and, or dealing. So this is about 89, 90? You're no, starting to get... No, 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 no. This is sort of pre-full-time scalping. Okay, so... So if there would be like an opportunity would come along that I would think, ooh, this might be, you know, like, let's... Let's sort of call it easy money. Okay. Because um, I really wasn't capable of uh, holding down a, a real nine to five job. Hmm. So the guy, probably in 84, um, once again, before I was really involved with tickets, and uh, I was working with Bo at Yankee Stadium, but um, 
that it, it was uh, somewhere where it was like off season or Bo didn't need me for a few weeks or the, or maybe the Mets were playing and he didn't know always use me at Shea. The guy that lived in my neighborhood, one of my friends, the great Kenny Smokestack Ewing. Wow. <laughs> Kenny Ewing, another another person who's no longer with us. I mean, this this kid, I, he was in my high school class, graduated, uh, went to Syracuse. He was uh, aspiring to go into film production, mm-hmm. but he just never could get it together. Oh. And he was one of these guys that stayed home, lived in his parents' house. And um, I don't think I was the He didn't get the smokestack name for nothing. <laughs> okay. First it was cigarettes. Then it was weed. And then when the cocaine came um. along, he, he enjoyed that. And he, uh, he enjoyed uh, the crack cocaine, you oh. know, the freebase. So that's where he really got the smokestack moniker. Ooh. But anyway... I see Kenny at the bar and he tells me, hey, I saw this, I saw this ad, you know, you can make like $12 an hour. It's like a six week job. I'm like, $12 an hour. That's like, a lot. What is it? Yeah. He goes, I'm not sure, but there's, 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 <laughs> there's something, something about, he goes, it, it, he goes, it's, it's in like Kearney, New Jersey, or maybe it's Newark, New Jersey. Well, Kearney's by the airport, right? It's yeah. You know Elizabeth. when you're like, uh, um, on those bridges. Yeah. Going it's on by the, the smokestacks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, right. You know, where the, where the dead bodies are buried. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Um, so. Kenny uh, did the research, and I remember going, having to go to Elizabeth, New Jersey, for the uh, uh, this this interview and this physical, and we didn't even know what we were what we were signing up for. Physical, yeah. <laughs> right, they gave me a physical, so they make you cough. Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, my goodness, they did that routine. So, what was the job? You might be wondering. Yes, <laughs> there was this chemical plant, and. They were working with dangerous, <laughs> extremely lethal kind of products oh. that, you know, if you, you know, stuff that you might breathe, yeah. you might breathe in. You know, you had to sign all kinds of disclaimers. Oh, and another reason they gave you the uh, $12 an hour was the shift was the the wonderful 11 p.m. till 7 a.m. Oh, shift. God. And... Uh, I remember going to this place and it was the first time I go there and there's like, they hire 30 people, mm-hmm. 30 desperados yeah. to just, and what did we have to do? There were these pellets that had to go into these tubes that were on these giant, you know, you know when you see these big tanks? Yeah. Like, what are they? Yeah. Well, in this case... They were these tanks were creating some kind of chemical. So our job was to load these extremely dangerous. They had you wearing hazmat stuff. Yeah. And extremely dangerous pellets. God knows what it was. Oh, my God. Into these tubes. Yeah. And um, in my infinite wisdom, I'm like, hmm, this is like something Hunter Thompson would do. (laughs) 
I'm working 11 a.m. to 7, 7 a.m. I better bring a couple of grams of cocaine to keep me oh, awake. No. Now, this is like the week's salary. Right. So somehow I made it through the six weeks. Wow. Um, and somehow I didn't come out of it with uh, my skin falling off. Right. Or uh, some kind of uh, lung disease. Mm-hmm. But that was just a strange gig that I had. Do you have any idea what was... They never told you. Wow. They never told you what it was and what it was going to become. Maybe it was the industrial cleaner. It, right. Right. <laughs> just... I doubt it. Because <laughs> if you remember the industrial cleaner, when I finally saw it, it that was allegedly a 40 to 1. You could dilute it 40 to 1. The real, before they ripped, before they ripped the label off, it said maximum dilution, 7 to 1. For cleaning golf balls. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had that that brief job. Another another job I had, you know, uh, this stuff pops up. and like, did I really do this? <laughs> um, there was a guy that used to hang out at one of the local taverns. And he was a, uh, a carpet and linoleum installer. Hmm. And... He worked for another guy, like a subcontractor kind of. Yeah. So the guy he works for has a job. It was supposed to be like eight to 10 weeks. And uh, the guy, John, who I knew, says to me, listen, do, do you want to work? It's another thing where it's like $14 an hour. Wow. I'm like, yeah. I go, well, what is it? <laughs> and... He goes, well, you just got to rip up some floor. Hmm. I go, what does that mean? He goes, goes, well, I'm going to be laying linoleum down. Mm -hmm. And you you have to go in there and uh, take the linoleum out that exists. And I'm like, is it hard? He goes, nah, it's not that bad. And so as it turned out, and maybe Jay Lethal would know this spot. It was in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Wow. At okay. Pioneer Homes, hmm. which was, you know, a public, you know, was like a, a housing project. Okay. And so we, I go to this place with him. And the other guy that was working with us was another vagabond from the local tavern who, this guy, Six Pack Jack. He, ne- <laughs> he never worked a day in his life. I don't know how, how he, he must have got some kind of check, but he was, he would work, you know? He, so we, we went to Pioneer Homes and um, it was very, what? You know? yeah, I was going to say, was there any culture shock? Because you were, I don't want to say you were sheltered, but... You grew up in a primarily primarily white neighborhood and middle class, and you know, and it. I would assume I've been to Elizabeth, and it's a more diverse place than where where you had grown up. Was there any any culture shock going into to the pioneer, um, the pioneer housing? Sort of, because although I was not uh, prejudiced or racist, and I had fr- many Latin and African-American friends. I really wasn't, you know, in a play. This was predominantly black and Spanish people, Mm -hmm. right? And it was low income and uh, there was never any problems. Mm -hmm. But the the problem was the job. (laughs) And, you know, so you would go, what I had to do was go into these 
I was the lead man. Mm-hmm. So you were going into the pe- they were they were real they were putting down new linoleum for the kitchens. Oh, that's nice. So you had right. So you had to clear out the existing furniture. Mm-hmm. And there were th- each unit was like three three floors, two apartments on each. Okay. And if the when I refer to the unit, I'm talking about all six. If they were clean, they were clean. Mm-hmm. If they were dirty, they were dirty. Ah. So if you went to a place once you move that refrigerator. Yeah. You ever see, have you ever, now you lived in New York City. I did, yes. Have you ever had a situation with roaches? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Even even the cleanest apartment in New York City can ever, even the most, you know, meticulous, neat freak. You can have roaches or mice or rats. Have you ever had a farm that was sort of infested? I've been I've been lucky that I've avoided that, but I've seen I've seen roaches. <laughs> well, it, most of them were clean, but sometimes you came across oh, ones that oh. were nasty. And if one was nasty, yeah. that meant the one on top of it was nasty. right because it would spread. Yeah, no what, the yeah. people were all the we had no problems with the people. So the pe the, the people were happy to see to see us sure. because the brand new linoleum was coming in. Yeah. So w- one of the one particular time, I remember knocking on the door, had to be like 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, and there's four or five guys. It was like a, a scene out of Sanford and Son. Okay. There were four or five guys. Just hanging out. And they, they're hanging out, and, and I knock on the door, they're like, who is it? I go, floor man. And here's these five guys, and they're sitting around. They're, the, the guy was cool because he already pulled the stuff. Not to, oh, that's yeah. yeah. Like he, he, yeah that's, he was he was ready. Yeah, he knew we were coming. Mm-hmm. And these guys were sitting around. There was a jug of vodka uh, <laughs> on the table. They're playing cards. They got they got dollars and change out. Yeah. But the guy and, and we referenced earlier the Ronald Reagan documentary. Right. So the guy says to me, he goes, he goes, how you doing, my man? I go, I'm fine, sir. He goes, listen. Do me a favor. Hurry up before Reagan starts cutting back some more on us. <laughs> I mean, those. He's not wrong. I mean, Reagan slashed a lot of budgets. Right? Yeah. Didn't we see that in the last one, AJ? And right. For uh, for all the nice things LBJ and uh, FDR did for folks of low income. Right. Uh, Reagan rolled a lot of that back. So he wasn't wrong. Not not everybody living in these in this not everyone living in the uh, pioneer. It was not it wasn't like everybody was on the dole. Sure. People were working. Plenty of people were working. Everyone needs help in hand sometimes. And um, another. (laughs) I can't can't believe we laid it it that straight to you. (laughs) Another time. I knocked on the door, and the guy answers the door, young man, and uh, I go, hey, I'm f- here for the floor. You're like, all right, cool. And the place was clean, and uh, I start doing my thing. Now, it's 9.20 in the morning. I clearly remember this, because I've <laughs> there's, you know, there was two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. It was a living room, kitchen. Uh, maybe a dining room, bathroom, of course, and there was two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So after the guy let me in, he goes back into one of the bedrooms. 
And I hear like the people sounded like uh, seven, eight people laughing hysterically, having a good old time. (laughs) I just figure, you know, they're partying or whatever. Um, So as what would happen often as you're doing this. And, you know, we've all done this. Like you've have people working in your house or someone working on your car. Where sure. You're, and like you're looking. Right. Like you're over their shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and the, and the per- no matter what it is, the person who's doing the work must be thinking, you know, go away. Yeah. <laughs> so invariably, I'd be ripping up this, this uh, floor and, you know, guys would come out and look. Anyway, the guy came out to check out my progress so I said to him, I go, oh, it sounds like you guys are having a party. He goes, and the thing was, there was extreme <laughs> laughter. It okay. wasn't like yelling. It wasn't yeah. hooting and hollering. And uh, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, we're watching Flipper. <laughs> I go, I go, I go Flipper. I, I was stunned. And, and, he, and then he said, yeah, it's good. He goes, and he made a mistake. He goes, Big Ben, he's on next. Gentle Ben. Oh, the, ba- the bear. <laughs> right. He said, Big Ben, he's on next. So at this point. Was he was he taking in some party favors? Because I, oh, I've, I've watched Flipper and I'm. Oh, they, <laughs> they, they were probably getting a little stoned and just having some laughs. But anyway, I figured since they were having such a good time and this guy was enjoying Flipper so much, I'd give him a loaded question. And I said to him, I go, yeah, those dolphins. They sure are smart. And the guy says, the guy, the guy like comes up in my face. He goes, let me tell you something, my man. You got to be smart to be making all that money. (laughs) (laughs) He was right. (laughs) I wonder what they were paying Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, so um, the, the, the other memory of I'm that. Gonna, uh, go look at up 1962's most paid animals over here. The last memory about this place was everybody played. Now, this is the time. It's bef- Everything I talk about is before your guys' time. <clears throat> they had the number. You okay. know, the pick three? Sure. Come on at the at the news or Jeopardy right. 7 p.m. Now, right. before the, the states had the number, mm-hmm. there was the old number. Oh. Do you, I don't. Which existed through organized crime since the wow. dawn of time. I didn't know this. And the number was a three-digit number. Mm-hmm. And prior to the state lottery... Do you know what the number was based on? No. It was based on the last three digits of the handle at the feature track. So in other words, if Aqueduct was the feature track and it did handle for that day was $1,329,402, 402 was the number. Oh, wow. And this was bet at bars candy stores really um bookies wow people and the, the beauty of the number prior to the state lottery was you could play a nickel 
Mm-hmm. You could play a penny. You could play whatever. Wow. And it paid better odds, too. Really? And it still existed. Um, I want to talk more about this on our next episode when we talk about Hoboken, because my sure. friends at Kelly's Pub, even after the New Jersey lottery came into existence, uh, the illegal lottery mm-hmm. was still thriving. Wow. But um, Well, maybe we'll put a cap on that because that sounds like a whole episode to itself. Well, let me just finish up with Pioneer Homes. Yeah. People that are looking for a quick buck that aren't making money, even like my my father would play the number. Wow. You know, you play yeah. the number. You know, <laughs> you know like that, uh, 253 Hillside Avenue. So we play, you know, with his local bookie mm-hmm. that came to his bar Give me two fifty three, you know, a dollar on it. Uh, play it every day, right? Yeah. The odds were one out of a thousand. Yeah, it was going to come out, but um, so many people were playing the number, and now they're playing the New Jersey lottery. Mm-hmm. That the drawing was at seven o'clock, and sometimes we would be there late. And the lady that would pick the numbers was the great Hella Young. Huh. She still might be around. <laughs> okay. it'd be, it'd, it's almost like, who's the, who's the famous woman from Wheel of Fortune? Oh, the great Vanna White. But she's still around. She is. It's like that style. Better with age. <laughs> so I was, I'd, sometimes I'd be in the apartments. Sometimes I'd just be in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. But if you were in the apartments, the people were like, you know, here comes the number. Yeah. And sometimes, like the first, let's say the person played 528. Mm-hmm. And the first number is five. Uh. And like the lady's <laughs> like, come on, Hella, pick it. Yeah. Pick it. But the next number yeah. is nine. Uh. And she, she, <laughs> I remember this one woman is like, damn it, what's wrong with that lady? She can't pick my, she, she can't pick my damn number. Her hand went in the wrong spot. <laughs> you know, as if she had control. <laughs> and if you were in the courtyard, so many people had this on. It Amazing. would be like, you know, the World Series. Yeah. Whatever, but they would have the number on. Really? But those were... Uh, and you said, I mean, that extended through all socioeconomic classes. You said your father... Your everybody, everybody played it. I never knew there was a lottery before the lottery. Well, I go down sometimes to the uh, friendly market, mm-hmm. which is, you know... Uh, it's a lottery haven. Yeah. Uh, between the numbers and the scratch offs, and there's so many variations now. Yeah. When we drove down to Florida, they have all of that. They have all the lotteries and stuff. Now they have slot machines and the gas stations in Georgia and South Carolina. They have something called a fish table and a fish game, and I don't know what it is, but maybe that's something someone can smarten us up. They also have. Um, Auto race, like oh, hmm. not real. You know, it's like yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, but um, you're right. Like everybody plays this. This is not limited yeah. to people that lived in the housing projects. This was played by everybody. Amazing. And I knew the lottery wasn't that old because I knew ga- that type of gambling was only legalized pretty much in my lifetime. In all well, I know we bounced around a yeah. lot tonight, <laughs> but I want to come back to uh, this thing about the number because it ties into. Uh, I had a lot of notes about Hoboken because there's so many characters that came out of Hoboken um, that I want to get into where I wound up living uh, during my ticket street scalping times. Mm -hmm. And um, 
there's there's a wealth of, of good stories and good characters. And I mentioned that to Kevin, before we close, I mentioned that to Kevin Eck that, you know, um, and you'll hear it on the ROH Strong podcast. I'm worried there's going to be a day that there's going to be no more characters left. Yeah. So people have to interact so we could develop some characters. You're a character. Okay. <laughs> AJ's a character. Uh, even even when I try not to be, these white glasses don't let me. Uh... Yes, thank you for gracing us tonight with the white glasses. They glow in the dark. Did you know this? No. They're not supposed to, but they do. <laughs> they're, they're not glow in the dark, but they glow in the dark. How do you feel about wearing those in public? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, I'm going with the mullet mohawk now, and uh, it's just something I've been so I've been so clean cut kind of my whole life, and I know deep down I'm a little rough and tumble. <laughs> I'm a little. Well, I'm if a I guy. was a fine looking young man <laughs> like you, I'd be sporting these white glasses oh, and the and the and the hairdo to boot. Well, I appreciate it. I, I mean, that's. Uh, now I I love my kids I love my family but not a guy that's afraid to throw down a couple bucks on eBay and chase down a winner and some of the cards we've talked about or sit at the dice table with you and uh, learn how to play craps. <laughs> so I'll only educate you in the finest activities. <laughs> like then tonight you learned about Frazano Brazzi. Frazano Brazzi <laughs> and uh, we'll tie it back to our earlier message too. Uh, I'm I'm getting itchy. I'd like to go down to Wind Creek, but only when people are healthy. Well, we I'd can't like, go there. We can't we go can't there past uh, until at least January fourth. Right. <laughs> and we want to go there under the right conditions. We do. We want to make sure everybody's health and healthy and safe. And uh, I heard uh, St. Luke's by Bethlehem by by Wind Creek. The hospital there is getting the vaccine soon for its workers. So excited about that. And I think we're going to turn the corner. Maybe we start to turn even more by Christmas, which next week. That'll be Christmas Day, the Hoboken Spectacular. I can't wait. Yes. And I want to thank uh, AJ from Basan Creative. We couldn't do this without him. Mm-hmm. He's breaking his back, breaking uh, work <laughs> sitting yes. there. Uh, with, <laughs> he told me his back was sore tonight. And there he is. <laughs> look, look at the time he put in to helping yeah. us out. And uh, our friend Eric, who helps me with the notes and other stuff, and from Discover Pro Wrestling. And uh, I think we want to thank Ring of Honor also. Yeah, it's been a hell of a year. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. And uh, Ring of Honor did a lot of things they didn't have to do. Uh, they kept many folks employed. They kept promises to people that they'd booked throughout the year in terms of at least financial compensation, um, even to the point of bringing folks back and paying them again to wrestle at a time where it uh, really wasn't necessary and and you know, to do the bubble situation. They, they put us up, they, you know, it is a commitment from the wrestlers and the staff to be away from our families, but, um, they treat us five star. They put us up in a nice hotel, give us a ample food budget. You couldn't break that food budget if you tried and, um, transportation to and from everywhere. Uh, and they make sure that we're taken care of with testing and things like that. So the bubble will continue for a little bit, even as the vaccine comes out, hopefully we'll, as the vaccine, permeates and as we're able to get it that will go away Um, i do know there's a couple more bubbles scheduled for 2021 so we're excited about that the action will continue that's the most important thing it certainly is and then um you know hopefully by summer hopefully by summer you know maybe the events will become more regular maybe not fans but more regular and less taped in in a bolus and maybe we'll have some more special events and then by then, maybe by fall, maybe by winter, as folks are vaccinated. Maybe by summer. Yeah, we'll be optimistic. Maybe by summer. Well, when we come back next week, 
We can talk about the results of Final Battle, yes. which I'm very interested in watching. People probably think that I'm uh, bullshitting me. No. But I do have no idea about what's going to happen, and it makes it a lot more fun that way. So we'll be able to talk about Final Battle. We're going to talk about Hoboken next week. Yeah. And uh, let's hope Frisano Brazzi doesn't <laughs> blow us away in an overnight. Well, John, I haven't heard the words Frisano Brazzi out of John Bolaris's mouth, and he once predicted the storm of the century, which didn't happen. So hopefully that's the case here. So for Lamb Chalk, for AJ, for Carrie, I'm Ian. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy Final Battle later tonight. This has been Last Stop Penn Station. We'll see you next week. listening to last stop penn station podcast rate review like subscribe and share on your favorite platform connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter or at laststoppennstation.com